Hello, hello, and welcome, fellow therapists, to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast built just for you, created just for you, all the modern therapists out there. In this introductory episode, we'll get a chance to get to know each other, you'll get a sense of what you can expect in future episodes, and I'll do my best to answer that question of, all right, so what is a modern therapist exactly? All right, I'm excited to dive in, so let's get to it. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building profitable, sustainable, and meaningful private practices. Are you ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Let's dive in. All right, podcast listeners, I have a question for you. Why do you do the work that you do as a therapist? What called you to this profession? If you're doing the work, I want to know your why for why you do it. If you're considering this work or you're training to be a therapist, why? What is pulling you towards this career? I really wish that we could be together and you could share your why with me and I could hold space for it. But since we can't, my hope is that I can share a little bit of my why with you and then offer you some places where we can connect and you can share with me what your why is. All right, so why do I do this work? I think similar to a lot of us, it comes from both my personal and professional experiences. So I, before becoming a therapist and before pursuing my um, master's and my PhD in marriage and family therapy, I had a few jobs that really gave me a sense of what it could feel like to support folks. Um, I was working at a shelter for abused and neglected girls, and I really felt so amazed at the work that the social workers and family therapists were doing at that site. And I myself felt really helpless and I could see the agency that they had in really being able to create change um, and be supportive to these girls and their families. And I was also a job coach and resource counselor for adults with disabilities. And from both of those experiences, I really saw the impact and role of family systems. And so from there, I decided to pursue the degree in marriage and family therapy. I got accepted into and went to the University of San Diego for my master's. And while there, I got a position at UCSD Family Medicine as a trainee to pursue my hours. That site was one of the main reasons I had applied to USD because I really believed in the power of collaborative care. So UCSD Family Medicine is an integrative healthcare site where the physicians and the nurses and the therapists are all working in the same building alongside each other, collaborating. And I just really believe that healthcare hopefully is moving in the direction where everybody that's on your team is talking to each other and supporting you towards healing. So while I was in my master's program, I got pregnant with my daughter and gave birth to her soon after graduation. And that experience is where birthing her, birthing her and having that postpartum experience was the birthplace for my own passion for supporting peripartum individuals and families. 
So we had, as many people do, a challenging postpartum experience, both me and my partner. And once I got support and we healed from that experience, I really honed in on my passion for supporting folks who are in that stage of life. So I honed in on my specialty by going to trainings and joining organizations. And I decided that I wanted to pursue my PhD for a few reasons. I knew that I wanted to do research, so I was particularly passionate about paternal postpartum depression. And I knew that there was really limited research in that area. It was something that Uh, Both me and my partner wish we had known more about before we had a baby. And so I knew that I wanted to do research. I also knew that I really wanted to teach um, because I just really felt like it was going to be a way that I could make a even greater change by supporting the next generation of therapists. So I decided to pursue my PhD at Loma Linda University. They also have a certificate program in medical family therapy, which is related to collaborative care and integrative health care. And so that was a big part of my decision-making process in going to that school. While I was getting my PhD, I experienced a pregnancy loss, and I also got pregnant with my son and gave birth to him while I was in the program. And that experience, the experience of the pregnancy loss, was the birthplace for my passion around trauma and loss. And that didn't happen right away, of course, but once the wounds from that experience turned into scars and I felt ready to really begin to support others who had experienced similar losses, um, that was when I began to really do some training around honing in on my niche and being able to support folks who are in this stage of life and also looking at trauma and loss. So I went to Loma Linda University, but I was still living in San Diego because my family system, my support system, and my partners are in San Diego. And so we wanted to stay there because we had a a baby or a toddler, and we then were also having another baby. And so we wanted to have our support system around. So I commuted to Loma Linda for three and a half years. It's two hours there and two hours back. And that was a really challenging experience, as I'm sure you can imagine, commuting to school. It was twice a week, but it was still a lot because I was also pursuing hours during that time, slowly getting my hours towards licensure. And so while I was there, I had initially thought that, you know, I'm going to go get a stable, secure, tenure-track teaching position after I graduate. And I had even gone to a few interviews, actually, after I graduated um, to potentially pursue that. But something in my heart and in my gut just kept telling me that this was not the right fit for many reasons. One, I really value freedom and flexibility, and I feel like I really thrive when I am aligned with those values. But also, I was a mom, and at this point, I was a mom to two young children. And while in school, I had experienced the strain of being under the structure of, you know, of the school and having somebody else tell me where I needed to be and how long I needed to be there and what hours, what the hours were going to look like. And so I would leave those teaching interviews just with this really strong sense that it was not the right fit for me. So around the time that I was going to these interviews and graduating, I also got licensed. 
and I made the decision to pursue private practice. And I've got to tell you, I was really scared and I felt so in over my head because while I felt myself feeling pretty confident in my clinical skills and pretty secure in that, I had no idea how to start a business. And I remember thinking to myself, um, where was I supposed to learn this? And I imagine many of you and many therapists find themselves in that position where like, you know, they spend all these years and time preparing to be a strong clinician. And if they choose to go the private practice route, it's like, well, wait, how am I supposed to do this? I mean, from everything to, you know, just owning a business and like setting up the foundation for that to how am I going to market myself? And here's what's interesting is that while I was getting my PhD, I was doing a lot of creative work on the side just as sort of a hobby. And I was doing a lot of writing and blogging and design work. And I, in that space, was learning a lot about modern marketing. As part of the creative work that I was doing at that time, some examples are creating content for Pottery Barn Barn Kids. Um, I directed a shoot for them where I got to um, design some adult costumes that would go with their kid costumes to make it really sort of family friendly. And I'd write a piece for them about this. And that's just an example of a project that I was working on during that time. And through that work, I created and and had a pretty substantial, nice following on social media. And here's the thing though, is I never really talked on there about the fact that I was a therapist and training to become a therapist. In fact, I wasn't even using my real last name. I was using my middle name um, when I was doing any of that work. And I just kept that part of my identity really separate from who I was as a therapist. I just did not feel like they could coexist. And I think that that's really rooted in some of the messaging that we get as clinicians, that those parts of our identity, the creative parts, the personal parts, should be kept separate from the work that we're doing as a therapist. The problem, though, is here I was about to start a business. I had shut down that social media account because I was like, all right, well, now I'm getting to business and doing you know, my career, and I can't have that creative space anymore. Um, and I regret doing that because what ended up happening was I decided that I was going to integrate those parts of my identity into my life as a clinician in private practice and owning my own business. So I started to really hone in on things that I already knew from the prior work I had done. So I began to really brand myself as a therapist. And I think that the word branding and branding yourself to me, I have some thoughts on that, which we'll get to in future episodes, I'm sure, because I think, you know, Shauna Nyquist, a writer says this, she says, branding is for cattle. And you're not cattle, right? Like you're a person who's messy and things change and evolve. So I don't think necessarily that we have to fit ourselves into a perfectly curated brand, but I really wanted to use sort of color and typography and logos and branding and images to really speak to my ideal client so that I could build a practice where I was marketing to my ideal client and filling up my days and my appointment times with the folks that I knew I could help the most. And by 
really niching down and honing in on my niche and using my voice and my branding and stepping into some modern marketing platforms such as social media and podcasting. I found that I was much more quickly able to build a profitable business than I had initially anticipated. And let me say this though, there were plenty of mistakes made along the way. I fell on my face a few times, there was a steep learning curve, and there was a lot of fear. Fear of stepping into some of these you know, digital platforms like social media as a therapist. It felt like you know this terrain that nobody else had ever gone down, which I soon discovered was not true. There were other clinicians doing this as well, but it still felt really scary. And so I, I learned a lot that first year. And by the end of the year, I had a business and a private practice that was filled with my ideal clients and was profitable. And I found myself feeling really passionate about how can I support other therapists who were in the spot that I was a year ago. And you know, I was still in it, still growing and still trying to figure things out. How can I meet other therapists or maybe even support other therapists who are trying to do the same thing? Now, parallel to starting my business that first year, I also got offered an adjunct teaching position, and also I was supervising students or therapists in training at UCSD as a WMFT approved supervisor at the time. And I found that I really loved having conversations with these students and these therapists about private practice and about stepping into some of these modern platforms and modern marketing, social media as a clinician, and about my podcast that I had started and about some of the different ways that I was beginning to explore diversifying my income. I really loved these conversations and I began to do some coaching with other therapists who were starting and launching their private practices. And so now bring us to years later, I have an e-course called the Modern Therapist Academy, where I basically put all the things I have learned throughout the years of supporting other therapists and from my own experience as a clinician and entrepreneur. I have created this course to be really comprehensive and to offer a roadmap to building a sustainable and profitable and meaningful modern private practice for other therapists. All the things I wish I had known. Because, you know, in many ways, you can find some of this stuff just by Googling, like, how do I incorporate or how do I get a business license or how do I set up a, up a professional will or you know there's lots of information out there about how to market to your ideal customer or client but having all this in one place and having it spoken from a therapist to other therapists was something that I really wish I had had and so my honest hope is that the next generation of therapists feel equipped to build their own modern private practices that allow them to both grow and share their skills while also honoring that this work can pull us in many directions. And so I built that course to really support the business side, the creative side, and the self-care side of being a therapist. And so my hope with this podcast is that it can be an extension of that. I think that our work can be isolating. You know, as therapists, we 
aim to hold space for meaningful change. And I think as modern day therapists, we have an opportunity to hold more space for even greater change. But I don't think that we can or should be doing this alone. So my hope with this podcast and my intention is to bring on other therapists, to bring on guests that can share their stories with you and the things that have helped them grow their businesses or their modern private practices, and to not just share the highlight reels, but the real authentic reels of their experiences as modern modern day therapists and entrepreneurs. So what you can expect in future episodes is me bringing on therapists that are colleagues, friends, therapists that I admire, and we'll be talking about things like boundaries and burnout and diversifying your income and taking insurance, marketing and branding, and what it's like to own your own business and also be a parent. Because to me, what it means to be a modern day therapist is being a therapist that honors all the different parts of your identity and utilizes modern platforms and modern tools to support you in being able to reach the people that you are meant to help, the people that you can help the most. I think that some of the old messaging in our field of being a blank slate or of staying quiet and private and behind closed doors, it keeps us small. It also though, it keeps us being, it keeps us inaccessible to our communities. And I think that can hurt our businesses and it hurts our communities because it doesn't allow us to fully access the people that we really could help. All right, so I hope that helps you get a little bit of my contacts and gets, gives you a chance to get to know me a little bit better. And now I want to get to know you. So if you don't already, um, if you're not already a part of this group that I have on Instagram, I have a private Instagram community that's just for therapists where I share behind the scenes. It's called at holding space for therapists. And so if you want to head over there and join, I'd love to see you there. I love connecting with you all through DMs. And that's a great place to ask questions. There's also a post in there where I ask for all of you to share your why and introduce yourself. And I love engaging with those comments and just getting a sense of, of who you are and what is, the, what is the work that you're feeling called to do or what is the work that you're already doing. In fact, what I want to do right now is share with you what some of you, some of your fellow therapists, colleagues in this Instagram community shared with all of us when I asked, what does it mean to you to be a modern therapist? Courtney Shen Saidi says, a modern therapist understands the need for a therapist who is a blank slate is outdated and based on a tradition of therapy that is steeped in a system based on power and privilege. They understand that bringing their authentic and human self into their professional work promotes a deeper sense of equity, compassion, humanity, healing, and love for their clients, their communities, and the world. Mending Mental Health says, To me, it means keeping up with research in psychology, especially in relation to treatment. It means using language our clients understand. It means acknowledging privilege and striving to increase our cultural competency. It means making our approaches individualized. Margaret LMFT says, To me, it's about being real and authentic in session with our clients, connecting to them where they are at 
trusting that they know their story better than anyone and that we can work together to allow them to improve their life and relationships. Collaborate work that leads to a client standing firm in who they are and what they want. Our Mama Village says, love this conversation. To me, it means being my authentic human self in the therapeutic relationship while keeping the sessions focused on the work with the client, with what the client is doing. Connecting with their clients, collaborating with them, and trusting that they are the experts on themselves. Sit with Sharon says, it means staying teachable. Oh, I love that. The Collective Magic says, modern therapy to me means accessible, affordable for the client, but also financially stable for the therapist. Deep, authentic connections, professional boundaries, and building a collective of therapists supporting other therapists. More options for healing, face-to-face, online, courses, education, and the ultimate goal of healing the collective one client at a time. If you have any ideas of future episodes that you love to hear, please reach out and let me know. I want to make this podcast a collective experience where um, both being able to share my own experiences that hopefully offer you support and hold space for the stories of others and answering the real questions that you actually have about being a modern therapist and having a private practice. All right, so we're wrapping up here, and uh, if you got through all this, if you made it to the end, I have a little (laughs) surprise bonus for you, I guess you can call it. Uh, So when I was creating this, the little intro jingle that went at the beginning of this podcast, and will go in the beginning of all my podcast episodes here, I was recording it with my kids around because you know, sometimes that just happens and they are fascinated by the podcast equipment. And so I was recording and they were watching because, um, they both just kind of love to learn how I create these things and edit them and they could not help themselves, but just burst into laughter because of how seriously I was taking myself in the creation of that little intro jingle. So I'm going to let you hear that, um, our little blooper outtake from the creation of the intro jingle here at the end. But before we get there, if you enjoyed this episode and if you're looking forward to seeing what comes next, be sure to subscribe. That's the best way to be the first to access the episodes as they launch. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm so excited for you to dive in to what comes next. And I'm just really grateful that you're here, and I hope that you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building modern (laughs) (laughs) that are meaningful. And what else, right? Profitable and sustainable. And <laughs>